Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We are now. Welcome to episode lucky 13 of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Dory Shafrir. What about you? You're Matt Myra. I am. That's true. You didn't introduce yourself. People know, you know, they come here for one reason and one reason only. Bo? Yep. Cool. And to hear us not have a child. Anyway, not a lot happened this week, so (laughs) moving on. You're so funny. I try to be funny. Except for our one one star review that says they think they're funny. I know, I but but <laughs> that review kind of makes me laugh. Oh, I enjoyed it because she seems so angry at life. Yeah, I read all of her other reviews. Oh, you did? Yeah. Are they all one star? No, a couple five stars. Really? One for one for a podcast called How to Be a Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she gave a five star review too. Serious? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Showed up on. 
<laughs> anyway. Wow. Uh, yeah. So if you've been listening along the whole time, you know that Dory's been, uh, you know, thinking about possibly changing her doctor. Yep. And uh, guess what? We did it. Yep. Everyone's thrilled. So originally, uh, I, when I well, first of all, I called to. Um. Actually, no. Let me let me like way back up. Because after we recorded last week's episode, I hadn't yet called to change doctors yet. True. So we had the appointment with Dr. Ringler last two Fridays ago. Uh-huh. We recorded the podcast on Sunday. And then Monday, I think I was like fully processing the appointment with Ringler. Yeah. And someone pointed out that his question about stress, which as discussed on the last episode, I found very irritating. <laughs> yes. Um, they were like, why didn't he give you suggestions about how to like reduce your stress? Why didn't he say, you know, this, some patients of mine have done X, Y, Z. Like he was just like, Oh, you should be less stressed. That's and that, true. That, he did say that. That like, I think that was the final straw. Like, cause I had been like, Oh, I'll just do this test cycle with Dr. Ringler and then maybe I'll switch doctors. But then after that, I was just kind of like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. You were. Yeah. So I called, well, I emailed SEMA. I said, I'm thinking about, I, I would like to switch doctors to Dr. Beck. Excuse me. Um, and she was like, okay, just call and schedule. You have to schedule a new patient appointment. So I right. called and did that. And as I did that, I realized that they were going to charge me $425 for a new patient appointment. Yeah. Which I was irritated about. However. Yeah. Then. Oh, oh well, and also the, the first appointment they could give me wasn't until the 24th. So I was sort of like, oh, okay, I guess I'll, I guess I will finish out this cycle with Dr. Ringler and then switch over. Uh-huh. Then the next day or yeah, no, two days later they called and said that, that she had had a cancellation for mm. Thursday. Yep. That's so true. So I was like, oh, cool. And, uh, the short story is that by the end of the appointment, I would have paid them like $2,000. You would have? Yeah. I mean, like theoretically. 2000 theoretical dollars. Yeah. Like by the end of the appointment, like I, I, I had all these like plans of going in there and like expressing my displeasure with having to pay $425 just to switch doctors in the same practice. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of chintzy. Okay. But I liked this new doctor so much. Uh-huh. And thought that she was so much better that by the end I was like take my money. Wow. That's really impressive. It was kind of crazy. I'm glad that you liked this new doctor more. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, she, I mean, first of all, she like went through our whole history and told us things about the retrievals, the previous retrievals that 
would have been like good information to know. Yes. She told us a lot of things. A lot of stuff that we had not known yet. Yeah. Like it was kind of shocking, actually. Things about me and my sperm not being great. And uh, as we say at the beginning, usually my sperm is dumb. Um, It is. It is dumb. But we found out things like, like on the second retrieval, your sperm also had poor morphology. Yeah. So that was like a new factor that we hadn't known about. Uh But I was even thinking back to the first retrieval when, you know, when we had, they'd gotten 18 eggs and then we ended up with one embryo. And in my head, I was like, oh, that's so like, that's such a bad ratio. And finally, Dr. Ringler called me after I was like, please call me. And I was like at the airport or something when he finally called me. And I was like you know, obviously kind of upset. And his analysis was like, well, this happens. You'll probably do better next time. Yep. Like that was it. Yeah. You want, you don't want a clinic, a clinical doctor. You want to, you want to, I want explainy doctor. I like a, I like a show the work doctor. Yeah. And she's a real show the work kind of doctor. Right. And I like that. And she also, oh, also, also, this whole time I had been like, oh, the ones like, like at that point after they, fer- like when they fertilize, it's, it's the issue with, the issue is with the egg. And then I found out that maybe the issue was with the sperm. Maybe. Yeah a possibility sure if that's what you need to believe honey it's a possibility it's true okay she said that uh-huh. and then she said something that was music to my ears i don't know what you're talking about she said to matt you need to quit smoking uh-huh for all of our listeners out there who did not know that matt smoked oh they know I don't know. A couple of friends of mine who I told this to were like, Matt smokes. Yeah. Well, those, your friends aren't fans of my podcasts. Anyone who listens to my podcast knows that I smoke. Yeah. But we have, we have people who listen to this podcast. who don't listen to your other podcast. That's true. Guys, I occasionally smoke. And by occasionally smoke, I mean, I smoke whenever I'm in the car and then I take at least three smoke breaks during work. Usually lunch and then again after lunch, right uh, right after the coffee order comes. And I've been trying to get Matt to quit. And then on the way home. Since. And then on the way too. So, you know, it's, it's uh, I smoke to deal with stress and, and guess what? That, that's, that's gone now. I'm wistfully looking off into the distance. Into the kitchen? Yeah. Um, yeah, so she, she told Matt. Oh, the other thing is I smoke cloves. I don't even smoke cigarettes. I'm not cool enough. Yeah. You smoke the cig, you smoke what like a 19 year old bard student smoked in 1998. Yeah. A lot of fun. People walk by me when I'm smoking them. They all stop me and say, are those cloves? Oh my God. I haven't smelled those since. Then they tell me a fun memory. (laughs) Really brought me closer to my community. Oh really? Yeah. Well, you can't even buy them in New York. You can't. Well, you can. There's one. 
There's one store in Soho I found that you can get them at. You're really? not supposed to be able to get yeah, them. Yeah, it's not legal. I found them. Oh. Let me call the New York police about that. Oh, please don't. Okay. I need them. So are by NYU. What? Um, anyway, so she, and she also wants Matt to take these antioxidants. Yep, which I haven't done yet. Oh, I thought you were taking them last night. No, you have to take them with food, and I didn't eat. Oh. And I haven't taken them today, and I don't plan on eating again. Well, can you... Interesting. Have a snack and eat them and no, take them? No, we'll have to put them next to the coffee. But you did that last night, morning. and you still didn't take no, them? No, I didn't put them next to the coffee. That was my that was my Usenex. Oh, I thought that was your special pills. Those are my, that was my special night night pills. Oh yeah, Matt's sick. Usenex. By the way, no, I'm not. I don't get sick. He's in denial about being sick, but he's sick. I haven't missed a day of work from being sick since like 2008. This, you know what? This is akin to not peeing on planes. I haven't for peed you. on a plane ever. It's like become this weird point of pride that now, is meaningless. Means everything to me. You try to take away everything I love. Yeah, this is Matt's new thing. My wife is trying to destroy me as mm-hmm. a person. Yep. Hello. Hi. Do you do you really want to go into this? No, I think it's, we should talk about the doctor also tried to make me go to acupuncture. Yeah, that was when I was like, oh no, we're losing him. <laughs> it's a bridge too far. It's like, what? It was like <laughs> two out of three, honey. And then she, she backed down. Yeah, I told her two out of three is yeah. all she's getting and she she did she was like the smoking is the big one okay um and then but then i thought about maybe if i did acupuncture no. and took pills i could smoke no she's a big fan of the yale method she kept telling us about that that's what she does yeah that's what she does and i think that's what i'm going to be doing from now on well see how it works yeah um and i'm doing something She's uh, shedding my lining. Who doesn't like a good lining shedding? This cycle. Bo sheds. Not that much, though. Right. Like, compared to other like, dogs. I gotta shed my lining. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, so I'm taking estrogen twice a day and some Provera, it's called? I don't know. Once a day. You're taking a lot of stuff. Yeah, but the good news is the Ooh. the Provera cost four dollars and seventy six cents. Big news. That's big news, everybody. Yeah. Instead of like four hundred dollars. Which is what the what cost? Like the estrogen patches. Yeah. Those are a real ripoff. Estrogen patches. I also liked how she was like confused as to why they didn't work and She asked me why yeah. why they didn't work and I was like I don't know why. No one ever told us anything. <laughs> that was that was the theme. Like she kept asking us like about various things and we were like, mm. I don't know. It's the first time hearing of it. Thank you, doctor. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end, she gave me like this nice little printout of like everything that, that is gonna happen. She did. Instead of like just showing up and being like, Oh, what's happening today? Right. So you're gonna do Continue your estrogen twice a day for seven days, and then you get to start Provera daily for seven days. No, that's that's at the same time. Oh. Then you stop both? Correct. And then you call with bleeding and come yep. in on day two. Yep. Sounds like a really fun plan. Yeah. Uh, 
husband to stop smoking. <laughs> I don't care about that. <laughs> Male start therologics. That's the that's the antioxidant. Thing and then counsel genetic counselor. She wants us to talk to a genetic counselor. Yeah. What for? I don't really know. That I don't understand. That I don't either understand. What is that going to do? Nothing. Us talking to this genetic counselor is what? I think what I think it is, is the genetic counselor saying there is a 0.05% chance that even though you're not both cystic fibrosis carriers. She does not. This, our doctor does not like a malpractice lawsuit. She's very thorough. Yes. She made me sign the uh, arbitration clause, which apparently I had not signed previously because I hate arbitration clauses. I think they're fucked up. They are. Um, that's all right. But you can always find a lawyer to outlawyer anything. But she made me sign it. Um, yeah. So then the after after the bleeding happens, uh, she's going to start me on a luteal E2, which I think is just estrogen again. And then she like already figured out my whole medication protocol. No, I mean she's trying one. Yeah, she no, I know, but she like much like our previous doctor tried one. Yes, but she has it all like figured out in advance. I like that. You know, I like a plan. She doesn't have it figured out. I like a plan. The other doctor had a plan too. He had a plan that he like made up as he went along. Oh boy, I think it just seemed like that. You know, the other thing that I liked about her her pearl necklace. No. No. Um, Saying not enough people are wearing pearls nowadays. She did have a huge engagement ring. She did not have a she huge... Did. She, she of course she did. Of course she did. She grew um, up in Hancock Park. She's a doctor. Yeah. You're going to have a huge engagement ring. Yeah, that's true. Um, she, like, made me feel so much better about our first two rounds of IVF. Oh, really? Yeah. I felt worse. Really? Yeah. Why? I liked not knowing anything. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So you do your you you take care of your end. I'll take care of my end. We're all set. Yeah, but it turned out there was more on your end you could have been taking care of. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, it's all it's all uh, scatter shot, you know. Well, we'll see. what I liked about it is is she was like, these are pretty good results, like for your age. Yeah, like the fact that you got a normal embryo each time is huge yep and so i was like oh okay that didn't make me excuse me it didn't make me feel like so much better that the transfer failed but the fact that we did get a normal embryo each time was like oh okay yeah the whole transfer failing thing i don't i I don't know we'll figure it out they'll figure out what your lining was doing or wasn't doing yeah right i guess who knows? We'll see if that lining's in great shape. Yep. We'll see if the, the womb is hospitable. If there's a womb at the end. Yeah. Um, no. Sorry. Oh, did you print I out did, emails? and I forgot to. And I look, I look and they're all just like shoved up against a power drill that's <laughs> on my desk. Wait, you suddenly got a lot louder. I leaned into the microphone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Um, should I go get them? Yeah, I think that would help. All right. In the meantime, yeah. I'll tell you a story, everybody. Okay, I'm going to put this down. Now. Great. Oh, no. What are you going to say? Thanks. 
I have to say to listen? No, go get the emails. What are you going to say? I don't. I have nothing to okay. say. All right, guys. She's gone. No, wait. Now she's gone. I can't hear you. I got to tell you. I think she likes this doctor because this doctor isn't a weird doctor and doesn't act like an alien. Anyway, she's back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks to bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. What's up? Why are you taking so long to return? 
Jeez, I'm putting on my headphones. I feel like it's weird. Calm down. Oh, uh, okay. So before we get to the emails, yeah. I have a couple items of business. Oh, let's get the business out of the way first. So the first item of business is uh, we need to thank Kenneth for his donation because his email bounced back. Kenneth, thank you for your yeah, donation. Thank you so much. Um, when you donate via PayPal, you just get like a notification from PayPal and then you can find the person's email by like going into PayPal. But maybe he has an old email address in there because when I emailed him to thank him, is it bounced Kenneth, back. It, is Kenneth the only person we need to thank? Are you thanking people via email? I'm thanking people. I'd rather thank them over the podcast. Oh, you would? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we can do that next week. Because I really appreciate it. Yeah. And no, it's I'm awesome. I'm not even aware of any of this. All of you people who have been donating, it's it's awesome. I mean, you've been getting our thank you emails, but... Uh, as far as I know, two people donated. No, there's more. That's great. Yeah. So, it's pretty awesome. Can thank you, Kenneth. Can we get microphones now? Um, you think we need new microphones? I'd like something that isn't an SM58. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm on a 7, 57. We can get a new microphone. Anyway, go ahead. Um... Yeah, so, and if you want to donate, you can go to our website, dorianmatt.com, and there's a little donate tab. I donate all the time. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, also, we mentioned our one one-star review, but if people would like to leave a rating or review on iTunes, that would be awesome. Be very helpful. Yeah. We're trying to storm the health market of iTunes, because it does not just seem to be a very fruitful... You know, in retrospect, if I could switch our category, I would. And I can. What would you switch it to? Uh, kids and family. Oh. You think it's an easier one to penetrate? Yeah. Not that I think it's an easier one to penetrate. I just think it'd be more apt. People would be more apt to find it there. Oh, yeah, Do maybe. you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like we're in all these, like, meditation. And yeah. We're in, like, yoga. Yo at, yeah. Maybe we should switch our category. I'm, I'm wondering. What do you guys think? Yeah. Should health, I switch the category? Health or kids and family. Wouldn't change the RSS feed. You guys still get us. Same as always. Anyway, something I was thinking mm, about. Good to think about. Um, yeah, so that would be great if you could do that. And then again, uh, just a reminder that we have a Facebook group. We do. Uh, excellent adventure. And those those of you who are in the Facebook group, you got a little early heads up that I changed doctors. So you did. You got some inside information. You got some inside info. Um, and then also... We're running a little contest about my book this week. We are? Yeah. I didn't know that we were. Uh, well, it was in the Facebook group. Oh. So they got an early heads up about it. Guys, so many contests. Yeah. So remember last week I talked about how you could request the book from the library? Yes. So if you do that and you take a screenshot of the request uh -huh. and you email it to Dory and Matt or Matt and Dory at Gmail, you will be entered to win a signed copy of my book. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So just request the book from your local library and uh, send it on over. A signed galley or a signed hardcover? Well, I don't have hardcovers yet. So I signed mean, I galley. I feel like a galley might be more valuable. Yeah. So a signed galley. Um, I wonder if in book collecting, if a galley is more sought after. I feel like no. I agree, right? It's first edition. Yeah, I think first edition is the most sought after. Well, sorry, you're getting a galley, everyone. But that means you get to read it before everyone else. That's true. Yeah. Oh, and also, it's not, it's like a little tricky. It's not request a hold because the book is technically not in libraries yet. It's request a purchase. 
Oh, it's request a purchase. It's request a purchase. Everyone, stop requesting holds and start requesting purchases. Well, I don't even think you can request a hold because it doesn't come up in a catalog. Well, then yet. request a purchase because Dory and I would love it if every library had a copy of our book. Yeah, because I know, love Once libraries. you request that purchase, you can then request a hold. Well, if they buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. And actually requesting holds helps too because then they think, oh, so many people want to read this book. You know, we have a lot of listeners in New York, New York. Yes. If you'd like to tell anyone about anything coming up in New York. Um, you think I should tell them now? I mean, it's only January. I know. But you can plan way ahead. That's we'll true. We'll mention it many times. Okay. Everyone, there. listen up. April 26th. April 26th, It's guys. a Wednesday night. I love a Wednesday night. I am going to be at Housing Works in Soho in conversation with New York Times Magazine writer Jenna Wortham uh-huh. about my book. Whoa. It's the New York launch. It's actually the launch it's of the, the book. Launch. It's the launch of the book. We would love to see you there. It's free. Bring a friend. Free dollars and no cents. Yeah. If you come and you know, you uh, just say, tell me that you're a listener of the podcast, that would be so cool. And you can tell me, too. Yeah, Matt will be there. Of course. And then um, May 4th. We'll be in Soho, so close to where I can get cigarettes. Oh, boy. Hi. And then May 4th, everyone in LA, I'm going to be at Skylight Books in Los Feliz in conversation with Jade Chang, who wrote The Wangs Versus the World, which is one of my favorite books of last year. Um, That one's going to be great, too. I'll be at that one as well. Yeah. So much fun. You're such a supportive husband. You know, I try when you have a thing. Thank you. You know, I appreciate it's not it. like when you just send me off to San Francisco to go do shows by myself. I would happily come to San You're Francisco. You were going to go to Austin. I would happily come to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you wanted to be among your comedy buddies alone. Well, you don't like when I ditch you. <laughs> we have a complicated relationship, guys. We do? Yes. It's not that complicated. It's pretty complicated. Is it? You don't like when I don't, when I'm not talking to you if you're around me. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty complicated. That's such, that's such, so demanding. I'm just saying, like, if I end up, like, halfway across the room talking to a group of other people while you're, like, off getting a drink or something, and then you get mad at me. Mm, let's go to the emails. That happens. Anyway, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated with any more uh, bookstore dates, but mark your calendars for those. Calendars marked. Okay. Bo will be at none of those. We don't trust him. Around people. Right. Um, all right, I'm going to read the first email. Sounds this is, good. This is from Allie. Hi, Dory and Matt. First, as I'm sure most, as I'm sure most who write and do, I wanted to thank you for sharing your experiences with us. I found the podcast the day after a bad reproductive endocrinology appointment. When at 28, I was told that I not only have polycystic ovarian syndrome, but also hypothalamic dysfunction meaning that my body doesn't produce or maintain estrogen. Even if I take pills, it doesn't stick. As an assistant professor in biomedical sciences and epidemiology at a great institution named after everyone's least favorite condiment, I have been racking my brain what what this could be. What is everyone's least favorite condiment? It's got to be relish, right? What university was named after relish? You don't know. I do. You do? Relish. University. No, I was like sauerkraut. Like, I mean, it's good that she gave us a clue we can't get because it seems like she doesn't want us to know. That she wants us to know a little bit or she wouldn't have given us the clue. That's true. 
Like, right. what is a condiment Favorite people don't like? Mayo. There, what's the Mayo Clinic? Is that a school? Oh, a great. You know what she said? A great institution. Yeah. She didn't say college. Uh huh. Good thinking. I think you got it. You're welcome. Uh, okay. I'm a detective. A food. A food detective. Okay. Next. I, I understood the science underlying what my doctor was talking about and the statistics she threw at me in rapid succession. However, when she told me that I needed to go right to IVF, no trying naturally, no Clomid, no IUI, and that my IVF success rate would likely be half that of a woman with no PCOS or HD, around 10 to 15%, the tears came, and I'm not a crier. In addition to my dumb eggs, being told that we will have additional issues at 37, fiance has old sperm, apparently, opposite problem of you. Both my fiance and I were heartbroken. Your podcast, however, has been a bright spot and has helped encourage us to continue to pursue treatment and to give us insight into what is coming. He is fully ready to give me shots in the butt now. That's love right there. That's true. That's true. Uh, in discussing this, this with HR and my insurance company, we stumbled upon a benefit we didn't know about Ooh. that could save some money, a health savings account, HSA, or flexible health savings account, FHSA. These apparently allow you to set aside a certain amount of pre-tax dollars to pay for your health care services, which can help a bit with costs. Ours lets us set aside $3,500 pre-tax and pay directly. Might be something worth looking into since Uncle Sam takes a heck of a lot of money, at least where we live. Deepest thanks for so bravely sharing your adventure with us, sending as many good vibes to you as possible that the next round is successful. Right back at you. Um, yeah, so, you know, sperm can get old. It can and does. Yeah. But not as old as eggs. Yeah. That's true. Um, and I I did use, uh, I'm using my FSA this year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, $2,600. Wow. So we have $2,600 pre-tax. Great. So put know. it all in black. Wait, what? Yeah. No, you need to send in receipts. Oh, we can put, I can probably get a receipt for that. Yeah. Well, I don't think so. Um, should I read one more email? If you'd like, I could read it. Whatever you want. All right, I'll read one more. There you go. This is from Carly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Matt and Dory. Oh, actually, uh, I should mention since you mentioned donations, Carly was a very generous donor. Carly, thank you. Yeah, and wrote in an email. So thank oh you, God. Carly. I know she rocks. Uh, Matt and Dory, I learned about your podcast when Matt mentioned it on Gilmore Guys. What? Hey, everybody. And we yeah. got a lot of... Welcome, Gilmore Guys listeners. Welcome, Gilmore Guys listeners. I know there's a lot of crossover because everyone loves Paris's storyline of running a fertility clinic. So they're like, man, I got to hear more about this fertility thing. Yeah. So thanks. And I'm glad you were on that podcast. Yeah. Even though I thought you were dead. That's true. Yeah. Um... And I've been binge listening ever since. I can't tell you how much of a comfort it's been to have something to listen to that so perfectly captures this process and the emotions around it. Thank you for putting your story out there. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. Uh, my husband and I are, much like you, attempting to get pregnant and having a hard time. He's 35. I'm 33. After 13 months of unsuccessful, spontaneous trying, we sought help. We learned that he has poor morphology. Ditto, brother. All is good on my end. We tried three rounds of IUI without success. We were about to start our first round of IVF this month when my husband's urologist let us know that another test, a DNA test on his sperm, revealed that he had 36% sperm DNA fragmentation, which is considered oh, God. poor. Yeah. The doctor sent that information in an email with no additional information, thoughts, anything. 
Typical mm. doctors. Yeah, that's what doctors do. Your musings on the way that these doctors communicate resonates deeply. Oh, uh-huh. thank you. Because that email pretty much sucked ass. Yeah. Yeah. We are now holding off on the IVF as we attempt to get more answers and see if we can improve the quality of his sperm. What a punch to the gut. Yeah, it's Or a punch to the dick. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, my questions. Episode 11, where Mark told us about his and Chris's journey, was amazing and touching and so wonderful. Agreed. He mentioned in that episode that his sister had done eight rounds of IVF, but that the issue was not egg production. I'm wondering if you or he would be willing to share what the issue was there. I ask because my main question is, are there success stories out there from people who have the same issue as us? The internet has been less than hopeful with most stories from people with poor DNA fragmentation needing to get donor sperm. This email is a call for help that possibly there is someone out there who can give us hope that all is not lost. If you have any ideas about where I could turn, I'd be ever so grateful. We are located in New York City and are using the Wild Cornell Fertility Practice. Thanks again for creating something that is genuinely helping people. I wish you all the luck in the world with your excellent adventure. Um, so wow. this is a call call to our listeners. Does anyone out there have sperm DNA fragmentation that has had that treated and then successfully produced children? Yeah. Let us know. Big question. We all want to know. Um, so if th- you have, write in and tell us. Yeah. Um, I th- they said yours was like 19% or something. They did? Yeah. Who said that? Dr. Beck. When? Uh, at our appointment on Thursday. I don't remember that. Yeah, she was like, eh, it's not great, but it's like, it's okay. I have bad sperm. But she said it gets worse as you get older. So hmm. it's good to like get on it. She that's, that's when she was saying like sometimes, you know, men who are able to have, like couples who are able to have a child and then like, they try to have another kid like five years later and the husband's sperm has gotten worse and they don't know like why they're not able to have kids and it turns out it's the husband's yeah. sperm. Oh, there you go, guys. I'll take so, the blame here. <laughs> well, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying, you know. No, it's fine. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know what Mark's sister's problem was. Uh, this is our next one from Amy. I think Amy and Anthony. Yeah. Amy and Anthony. First off, love the show, and it has been a kind of a therapeutic and helped us through our journey. My wife Amy and I recently had decided to take IVF route after a pretty long bout with infertility. Long story short, we were led to believe that IUIs would be enough to bring us a child until after Amy's uh, uh, until after Amy had her hysteroscopy. Scop, it's that's the scope, right? What is that? A hysteroscopy? I assume yeah. that's a hey. Let's look at your his, your 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 whole yeah. But I can't remember which what the name of the one that um, puts the ink in your tubes is. That might be that's that it, one. I think. Yeah, I think it's that. The one. day before IUI, we found out her tubes were blocked. Ugh. Amy's gonna be forty-two in July, and I'm almost thirty-four. I get you, brother. Older ladies, right? We know that the chances of the IVF actually working were slim because of age, but we finally decided to take a chance with IVF. Amy was only able to produce four eggs, and only one embryo embryo made it to implantation day. That's amazing. You got one. That's great. Found it on December 3rd that we had gotten a negative result, which made mm-hmm. Christmas one of the hardest we had both had so far. One go around, guys. It's not the end. Uh, it was a one-shot deal due to the financial constraints. Oh, dear. Should have read one <laughs> Uh, and the fact that we had no eggs to freeze for a frozen embryo transfer. So, our questions to you two are, what would be your next step if you ran out of time 
And also, would you consider donor eggs after that? We love the show and wish you the best of luck in your baby journey. Yeah. Would we consider donor eggs? I, I don't know. Would we just get a donor embryo? Would we adopt oh, an would embryo? we adopt an embryo? Good question. Because, you know, I look at Bo, and we adopted Bo, and we love him. We do love him, like, a lot. Yeah. So Maybe too much. I think that it, it's not a problem to love something that's not technically yours. Yeah, because then it becomes yours. We didn't even we didn't even see Bo as a puppy. No, we didn't, and he tricked us. Yep, he thought we thought, oh, here's a super docile, fun, <laughs> fun little guy, and what it is is a real sleepy, angry boy <laughs> who doesn't like the mail or strangers. Yeah, but he's awesome. He's great. Um, well, I guess well, my first question is. You say that because of financial constraints, you can't do another round of IVF, but then you ask if you should do donor eggs. So A donor egg would, I think, I mean, maybe even a donor embryo, but a donor egg would then... Be expensive, and then you'd have to do IVF. IVF again. Yeah, so... If you have the means for a donor egg, I would... try. I would try, if you can, I would try another round of IVF. Yeah. Um, I would be open to a donor egg... If it came to that, or donor em- or a, or embryo donation or adoption or whatever it's called, yeah, and donor sperm, yeah, nope, oh, okay. Uh, this one's from Melanie. I have Picos. No, I don't think that's Melanie. Oh, it is. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I thought it was the next one. Am I reading wrong? No, no, you're right. That's right. I'm sorry. I messed up. Oh, it just continues on yeah. that page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a long one. Yeah, this is a long one. There's a couple long ones in here. Okay. But, you know, you like to read the whole email, so I, I wanted to put the whole email in. Well, I mean, let's be real here. I like oh. to read the oh, whole now. email to an extent. Oh, now he I says like to decide he doesn't want to read the whole not. email. Oh, okay. Listen, this is from Melanie. Okay. I have Picasso polycystic ovarian syndrome yep he has kind of shitty morphology yay us so after a bunch of super ovulation cycles uh we moved on to ivf at ages 28 for him and 30 for me 3.5 years after we started trying we met our daughter Roanne. she came tearing out of my vagina that's lovely we are so fortunate that our first child worked and we have plenty of MBs on ice. MBs. That's amazing. That's uh, what they call them on the on like the fertility boards. We um, call them MBs. Uh, that's fun. I just want to share a couple of things from our experience with you and your listeners should you choose to share this. First, I was shocked at how many people I found out have dealt with infertility after I started talking about it openly. Amen. It just encouraged me to talk about it even more. Nobody should go through this. Even if you're not comfortable talking in IRL, find a group on Facebook, like the Excellent Adventure Group, mm-hmm. or hook up with some amazing people at the thencomesfamily.com. Holla. She hollered at them, and I hollered for her. Thank you. Seriously, some of my best friends, uh, they're some of my best friends, even though we've never met. Honey, mm. I want to check it out. You love talking to people about IVF. Second... Dory. That's me. I've heard you mention pre-retrieval bloating briefly, but holy hell. I had a lot of follicles retrieved, 24, and I'm pretty sure my ovaries were about to explode. I looked pregnant, 
couldn't bend over, and I waddled. And then, three weeks after the, the transfer, I started to have a chest pain. I ended up with fluid in my lung from ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. Wow. <laughs> Ladies, when the doctors tell you to call them with any issues, even if they seem unrelated to IVF, fucking do it. Seems Lastly, like when you do get pregnant, it may not be the sunshine and rainbows you're expecting. Don't be alarmed. Infertility is a mind fuck. You're so used to everything going wrong, and then when it finally goes right, it's hard to trust it. Mm-hmm. But every milestone with ultrasound in your pregnancy makes it more and more real. I will say there was always a bit of doubt that I was really having a baby. Like all the medical staff at Mayo Clinic's REI office were punking me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really giant parasitic worm in my belly. Oh, I could go for a tapeworm. Make me so thin. Uh, when they thrust a slim baby onto my chest, I remember thinking, wow, it's real. <laughs> wow, it was real is actually what she was thinking. I just misread that. <laughs> I wanted to deliver it. This is excellent. I'm delivering it poorly. Be patient with yourselves. Don't feel that you have fake emotions. You aren't feeling it. And spouses, be patient with your wives. Oh. Not jumping for joy oh, and wanting good all the things right away. What? Be patient with your wives. Not jumping for joy? Yeah. Honey, I don't ever see that happening. <laughs> there will be no, no joy jumped in mm. this home. I hope you guys have an amazing holiday. Hope everything, uh, I hope with everything I've got that 2017 is the year you meet your baby and that Bo digs it. No reaction from Bo. Yeah. Hmm. Melanie, that was a great email. Yeah, it was a great email. I do want to read them all. That was good. I know. It was a good long That's email. That's why I... Also, FYI, I select the emails that we F. Marie read. Abraham. F. Lee Bailey. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is from Mary. Hi, Doria Matt. I've been a from-the-get-go Nerdist listener, so Matt, you've been virtually in my life for a while now. I have been for seven years. Six years? Oh, God, seven years. <sighs> Jesus. Uh, so that's why I was so excited to hear you floating the idea on Twitter about an IVF podcast. I have some experience with IVF, albeit a pretty unique one, but have had very little opportunity to share my or hear others' experiences with it. I absolutely love the podcast and admire your courage to share your intimate information with all of us. I really wish I could magically bend time and transport this podcast to exactly three years ago. That's when three years ago she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Ew. I was in my mid-30s. My husband and I were talking about having kids. So the breast surgeon suggested we look into IVF to preserve fertility before starting chemo. This all happened within a very, very short time. I did as much research into IVF as humanly possible under the circumstances. But there was just so much I wish I knew before diving in. And though this hurts me to think about now, at the time, I did reach out to a couple who went through it and asked them to share their experiences with me. And they ignored my email. Mm. So yeah, as much knowledge as I had gathered, I was really going into this blindly. Should have emailed us granted we wouldn't have been able to help we didn't even know each other so i share these things i wish i knew for anyone who might find themselves in a similar circumstances here we go if you're in a big city or an area rich with ivf clinics and have a cancer diagnosis look into clinics who will offer the ivf procedure for free 
Oh, for cancer patients. Yes, for cancer patients. That was just in general. I was like, this is going to look really hard. I'm in New York City, and I checked out two places in the very short time we had. Unfortunately, I did not find out about that one clinic. There may be more now, but my info is now three years old. They offered that offered IVF until it was too late. I ended up at a big, reputable university IVF clinic. I think it might. Does it go in the bag? Oh, yeah. If bedside manner is important to you and you have the means to do it, maybe going with a smaller, more patient-focused clinic would be best. I absolutely hated my experience. The university clinic was run like an egg-harvesting, baby-making factory. The clinic was an almost round-the-clock operation because there was, everything is so time-sensitive. You come in at all out hours, and it's just luck if you see your doctor again. <laughs> Ugh, I've heard this from a lot of people that, think, like, yeah. at these practices, it's just like you don't always see your doctor. I think I saw my doctor once, and she did not do my egg retrieval. Ooh. Another very cold, dispassionate uh, doctor did it. And it was a pretty bad experience. Mm, I'm sorry. Don't let the army of nursing staff railroad you and be rude to you. You're paying a huge sum of money and are in a particularly vulnerable situation. So don't take any disrespect. I got cold information that I was just a number of the to these nurses when I was chastised by one when there was a delay with my donated by the pharmaceutical manufacturer through the Livestrong's Fertility Fertile Hope Program which I believe was a recently rebranded medication. So, Livestrong, which has been rebranded because of, uh, what's his face? Lance Armstrong doping. Being a liar. Yeah. Uh, they have a fertil- fertile hope program, which well, that's cool. will provide fertility drugs to anyone going through this kind of uh, cancer situation. So that's fascinating. I didn't know that. Upset and worried, I told my nurse that I don't know how I was going to pull together the money to cover the meds that wouldn't arrive in time. She snidely informed me, everyone else figures it out. Ooh. That's fun. I had the presence of mind to retort, does everyone else have cancer? That shut her up quickly, <laughs> and I refused to deal with the nurse for my remaining time there, but I wish I had escalated the incident up to the top. While I was being granted a discount to my cir- for my circumstances, we were still paying many thousands of dollars, and just and we that we just a few weeks prior had never planned to spend. So again... If it is not given, demand respect. Don't let them treat you like just a cog in their machine. Now, here we go. Through all my medical treatment over the past few years, I've learned that doctors love to just skim past possible side effects with a procedure or treatment. While I... While it is understandable because doctors don't want their patients hyper-focused on something that either has a small chance of occurring or is otherwise deemed insignificant compared to the overwhelming benefit of the treatment, they should put greater weight in those side effects and spend greater time explaining to their patients. Unfortunately, I was one of those IVF patients that developed ovarian hyperstimulation, painful swelling of the ovaries that we heard about in the previous email from Mm, Melanie. Yeah. It was very, very scary. Luckily, I was not so severe that I needed hospitalization, but it did require a lot of bed rest and help walking. I wish I had uh, been more prepared for that. And my recommendation to you, Matt and Dory, is if you feel like you're not getting all that you hope for your from your current doctor, look around. Getting a second, third, or fourth opinion is almost always the way to go in any major procedure, especially one you're sinking such a huge investment into. You okay? She wishes us a happy, healthy, and successful baby-making new year. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. (laughs) 
Uh, that, that all seemed like good advice. That was all great advice. Yeah. Do you I, have any advice for Mary? Well, I would just say I, I feel uh, I'm grateful that my experiences with the nurses has been pretty positive. Yeah, they've been okay. Yeah. We've been, we've been, I mean, you've liked your nurses. Yeah, I've liked my nurses. Um, all right. This is from Kat. Meow. Yeah. Hi, Matt and Dory. I'm really enjoying hearing about your adventure. I don't normally write places, but I felt compelled to after hearing about Mark's egg donor experience. I've donated eggs in California two times. Found out about donating through a local free newspaper in the North Bay. It was an ad in the job listings. As I already had my son at 21, wasn't planning on having more children, struggling to make it on a single person's salary in the Bay Area seemed like a natural fit. I was lucky in that my family doesn't have any major medical problems and got through the screening. Both of the donations I did were to implant into the wife of the receiving parents, not surrogates. Both times resulted in children. I relate a ton with how you relate to the doctor. The matching clinic and the doctors are super important with how it goes. With my first donation, the clinic seemed to be a bit standoffish at first, but as everyone got to know me, they warmed up. The doctor would be friendly and chatty with me. Nurses and I joked and had a good time at checkups. Everything went smoothly. Super easy. With the second donation, I was sent to a doctor in San Jose, two hours from where I live in the North Bay, because they wanted me to see the same doctor they were seeing. She was cold, and on our first meeting, she told me she didn't want her son to ever see me because he likes dinosaurs and I have dinosaur tattoos. She said she didn't want him getting any ideas. That seems like a fun, cute thing that she said that was taken the wrong way. You think? I don't ever want my son to see you. He'll get ideas about getting dinosaur tattoos because he loves dinosaurs and he's a child. But maybe she delivered it in a robotic way. That's probably true. She continued to talk to me as little as possible throughout the whole experience. I felt like I had the plague. I started hating that drive to the doctor when the one before I didn't mind at all. I did two rounds of IVF for that couple because our cycles didn't sync up the first round. I considered asking to change doctors, but I had no one to report to. There was no one to ask. Luckily, the nurses on staff were pretty awesome and did a lot of the checking up for her, probably so she could avoid me. The last day of injections somewhere, they miscounted one of the drugs, and I was told to drive to SF to a pharmacy that had Lupron in stock at the last minute to make it for the time deadline. Aye, aye, aye. I don't know for sure if this was a direct mistake because she wanted to be done with me as fast as possible, but it kind of felt that way. It all ended up all right in the end. They got a lovely baby girl and wrote me the nicest thank you note. I know it wasn't the parents' fault the doctor acted that way, and maybe she acts that way with everyone. Maybe I was just being sensitive. The experience was so taxing, I decided not to donate again. Wow. Anyway, I wish you guys all the best, and I'm curious to hear what you do next. I mean, listen, you have to feel comfortable with it. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's interesting to hear from her perspective as, a, as an egg donor that she felt like she didn't really have standing to request a different doctor. You know? I mean, I mean, I get it, yeah. but it, but it kind of sucks. Like, what if we were doing an egg donor, and then all of a sudden our donor was like, "You guys should switch doctors." Or we'd be like, um, "I don't know." Yeah, good point. Yeah, there's a lot. There's also, a lot. I mean, it'd be like, you know, what if they had just switched doctors? Right. You know. Right. I don't know. I guess Just it probably it probably didn't help her state of mind that she had to drive two hours yeah, to see would, this doctor. That would not help anyone's state of mind ever. So, um, okay, so this is kind of a long email. Do you do you want me to read it, or do you, do you want to read it? Mm, you can read it. 
Okay. Because I feel like you'll be able to edit out what you don't want to read. Pretty easily. Yeah. I'm good like that. Okay. Uh, hey, Matt and Dory. Dory and Matt. What if I sang the whole thing? Don't do that. I won't. That'd be terrible. Start listening to your podcast after Matt's latest mailbag on Gilmore, guys. Hey. Welcome, Gilmores. Welcome, Gillies. We should welcome all the Gillies. Is that what you call them? That's what they're called. Aww. By Kevin and Demi. <laughs> Gillies. Gillies. Uh, uh, I've lost my boyfriend before to a phone uh, on Do Not Disturb. It can be very alarming. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I really enjoyed his Gilmore humor and figured I would give his podcast a chance. I've burned through every episode of the past few days, and I'm one of your listeners who is neither pregnant nor trying to get pregnant, even though my boyfriend and I just bought a house, and I'm 30. You're rubbing it in there, honey. Yeah, we seriously. We have not bought a house, and we're 30. Nine. <laughs> Four. Three. How old am I? 33. 30. Yeah. 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 Definitely considered uh, a fertility study after listening. Anyways, I've worked as, an, as a nurse the past five years, and I'm about to start working as a nurse practitioner. I have a bone to pick with Matt about a comment in episode 11. It was great, by the way. He mentioned uh, the surrogate choosing a C-section because he wanted to, quote, to keep it tight down there. That's something I have said. You did that say that. That is absolutely something I've said. I obviously understand the joke in this but the fact that people believe this to be valid a valid rumor recent years have been an increase in mothers asking for c-sections due to assumed advantages compared to vaginal birth (laughs) maybe decide to write you both (laughs) Uh, there's only one advantage and that is keeping it tight down there oh boy what what (laughs) hi uh i mean let me put it in terms to understand like i feel like logan's gonna be like hey rory why don't you keep it tight down there and get a C-section? Could you stop saying keep it tight down there? That's what Logan would say. Logan's a jerk. I hate Logan. The availability of a C-section is very important in many births for the health of the mother and the baby, but it should not be utilized because someone wants to keep it tight since it carries an increased risk that a vaginal birth does not. C-section is a surgical procedure. Vaginal is not. That's true. I knew that. And let's see, there's more back here. The cesarean section is associated with increased risks for the mother and child that should not be performed when clear advantages are to be gained. Uh, thus, cesarean section should not be considered as an alternative equal to the spontaneous childbirth and should be viewed with caution. Risks. Uh, intraoperative risks, infection, organ industry, uh, all the things you can get from any operation whatsoever. Uh thrombo thromboembolic complications i don't even know what that is i don't either risk for uterine rupture infertility or placental anomalies in later pregnancies child's development and bronchial asthma type 1 diabetes and allergic uh rhinitis boy oh boy i don't write this is scary having c-sections if you need one they're a wonderful surgical technique if you don't need one they're not worth the risks in reference to keeping it tight aka sexual pleasure Here's a quote. One Canadian study published in 2005 showed that three months after childbirth, first-time mothers who had a vaginal birth noted greater sexual dissatisfaction than those who'd had a C-section. 70%. Wait, dissatisfaction? Compared with 55%. Yeah. So. I'm correct. Women who had vaginal births were more dissatisfied with their sex lives. Yes. Okay. 
see 70% compared to 55%. The end of this article had four tips for improving sex following delivery. Conclusion, whatever type of birth it is you need for the health of your baby is fine and all that matters. I feel like the end just proved me right. You want to keep it tight down there. Ew. Not worth the risks. I'm sorry. Sorry, Hannah. I didn't mean to. Anyway, thanks for the podcast. It's very lightning, and thank you for reading my lengthy email. I think you guys should definitely try to interview an OBGYN. He or she could tell you much more about this topic. Good luck with everything, and keep fighting the good fight. P.S. I'm sure you can tell I love research. I'm using it towards my mostly political aims in my tiny letter. She has a link to it. I wrote it out. Uh, where is it? Oh, uh, tiny letter is H bombs a weekly brain dump. Yeah, that's what it's called. Oh, H bombs a weekly brain dump. Yes, that's her tiny letter. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Hannah. Nailed it. Uh, and then we have Christina in Boston. Well, we got we actually got a couple of voicemails. I thought we could play. Oh, well, what are we what are we waiting for? Let's get these voicemails under control. Ready? Yes. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Matt and Dory. This is Mark from Wisconsin. Uh, I have uh, a bit of a story about my uh, happenings with IVF. Uh, it all starts with, uh, in episode 11, uh, you guys touched on the cost of egg donation, uh, purchasing an egg, and I thought it might be fun to know what the donors of the egg get, because my sister and my wife have both been egg donors. Mm-hmm. Uh I can say in Milwaukee, the going rate for uh, giving eggs is about 2500 And in Chicago, the going rate is about 7000 ah. uh, So that's Ka-ching. that for your listeners if they want to know. Uh, as for the IVF stuff, me and my wife tried uh, having a baby a few years ago. And uh, a couple years of trying, and it wasn't working, so we tried. We looked into IVF. And we did testing to see what was going on. And uh, the doctor told me that my sperm was good. I could knock up a whole city block. Nice. Excellent bedside manner. Love it. Uh, but that my wife was, uh, she has polycystic ovarian syndrome. A lot of, we're hearing about that. So all of the years of practicing safe sex was all for naught. We could have been raw dogging the whole time. <laughs> so, I love this guy. Her, where she's employed. <laughs> Uh, He's they offer her $25,000 for fertility treatments. Uh, I don't know if she wants me saying where she works, so we'll just say that she works in a center for cancer treatment okay. somewhere in America. Got it. Anyway, uh, in for our first round of IVF, um, with the we re- retrieved seven embryos. Wow. We ended up with seven good embryos. That's great. 
first time around, we implanted two. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't go with the genetic testing because we figured, hey, we've got a bunch of money to spend on the company dime, so we'll try it without. And that resulted in a miscarriage, uh-huh. which I also think should be uh, brought to attention that humans are absolute shit at creating babies and bringing them all the way full term and uh, throw a rock and you'll hit somebody with a miscarriage. It's true. Well, it's a bummer My knowing that so many people suffer from this. Like, kind of takes the sting out of it, knowing that you're not the only one. For sure. Second round, we got a baby. He's awesome. He's two and a half now. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love this guy. Two years after he was born, we uh, tried again. Implanted another two eggs. We're down to one after this. That resulted in a blighted ovum. And then when we... Uh, decided that we were going to try again. Uh-huh. We thought we'd go through. Oh, no. That's oh, it. Oh, no. We, I need to know the end the of your call, story. The call ended. The call ended? You were taking too much time with Google Voice. I mean, maybe there's a... It, it, it ended at three minutes. Maybe there's a three-minute three minute limit. I need to know. But he didn't call back. I need to know. So, Mark from Wisconsin, call us back. Mark. Let us know what happened. Call us back and let's hang. <laughs> Could have been raw dogging the whole time. <laughs> Enjoy more. <laughs> um, I am fascinated by the difference in uh, compensation between Milwaukee and Chicago for an egg donor. How long do you think it takes process of uh, cultivating the eggs and having them removed? It's the same as an IVF cycle. Which is how long? It's like two weeks. It's a pretty good earning for two weeks. Might be worth the flight to Chicago. Are you talking about for me? Talking about for anyone oh, who's I, thinking of doing it. I feel like probably also like New York is probably the highest, don't you think? Yeah, but I mean, it seems like why not just go? Well, you're pumping yourself Get full of drugs. $7,000. No, I'm saying if you're going to donate eggs. Anyway. Oh, if you're going to donate eggs anyway. Yeah. I hear you. I hear what yeah. you're saying. Um, do we have another voicemail? We do have another voicemail. Would you like to hear it? Uh, yeah. How about you, America? Yes, please. Oh, okay. America uh, wants to hear it. Yeah. Hi, man. Doris is Anthony Savage. I'm actually listening to the podcast as we speak. Well, actually, I'm talking to you, so not listening, listening. But uh, you said the number, so I figured might as well call. So spot to go through the drive-thru uh, wash here in Indiana. Love the show. Listen to most of the podcasts. You're on, Matt. Thank you. I don't do intravenous fertilization. I'm just one of the <laughs> weird listeners that just like to listen to you guys. You know what? There's a lot um, of you guys out there. Do you have a question as far as advice? Um I'm an aspiring combo creator, but I don't have the resources to do that. I've had training at the Joe Kubert School for yeah. Art, uh, but I have a family. So I decided instead to focus on the writing aspect and though my stories I know are great. I don't have an artist, so I'm just going to do the book method of those stories and do my own novel. Also love TV and one day would love to write for it. However, I obviously don't live in the best area. Uh-huh. So any advice you guys could give on writing and getting my novel published once I actually finish it. Um, I would love either way. Love the podcast. You guys are great. Good luck with everything. I'll continue to listen on for as long as you guys keep it up. All right. Thank Take you. Take it easy guys. Well, Thanks. honey, only one of us here has sold a novel. That's true. Her That's name me. Is Dory Shafrir. Um, in terms of, uh, I mean, I would just say finish your novel. I don't really have any like great advice for, 
then you just you want to query agents. I, you can't you can't yeah. really try to sell it on your own. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but you want to try and query agents, and I think you can find agents. If you go to writer, I believe on writersdigest.com, uh-huh. there's like lists of agents who are accepting queries because some agents are just like, I have enough clients. Yeah. Um, and then some agents will accept clients like over the transom. Also, if you're looking into writing comic books, I would recommend getting Brian Michael Bendis's book, Words for Pictures, mm. which is actually sitting on our bookshelf right there. Oh, cool. Next to oh, the I see it. The yellow one? guitar book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and listening to us talk to Brian Michael Bendis on the Nerdist podcast probably a year and a half or two years ago. That book's great at telling you how to write comic books. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the only thing you can do as a writer who wants to be a writer is to keep writing. Yeah. That's really it. Like, I never would have sold my novel if I hadn't written my novel. And also, she also didn't... She had told herself that she was going to wake up an hour early every day and write. I did. And then she actually did it. I know. It's weird. It was like I was it's a crazy. different person. It's crazy. Thank you. Okay. We really did it this Keep time. Keep going. I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do? I don't know how to end a podcast anymore. Oh. Um, well, we'll talk to you all next week. Is that true? Yeah. I'll be at Sketchfest next week. If anyone wants to come to San Francisco Sketchfest oh, yeah. to see the Nerdist Podcast live, uh, I think there are st- still tickets available Saturday night, 10 p.m. at a theater. <laughs> at a theater. <laughs> at a theater in San Francisco. Uh... I could tell you where, but then you'd have to come. Um, I, let me see here. 21st Nerdist Podcast Live at the Current Theater. That's on Geary Street in San Francisco, 10 p.m. Our guest is going to be um, Nathan Fillion. It's going to be pretty cool. I'm going to come. You are? Yeah. No, I think I have to be there two nights. Oh, you do? Yeah. Anyway, we're all discussing this as I look at my calendar. All right. Great job, everybody. Okay. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. We'll hear it from you some other time. All right. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Be my baby. Everybody's trying to be my baby. Everybody's trying to be my baby now.